I think we're really lucky to have this really unique relationship with these other space exploration companies to be helping us do what we want to do, which is explore the final frontier. This is the Sciences Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Almost one century later, the scientific community is still exploring Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Photographing black holes is at the core of what Event Horizon Telescope is trying to accomplish, and Demetrius Saltis, professor of astronomy and physics at the University of Arizona and EHT project scientist, elaborated on the EHT's mission before his speaking engagement at South by Southwest 2019. He may not be able to give away all of his findings, but he provides MarketScale with an inkling of what to expect in the near future in regards to black holes and humanity's understanding of space. My next guest here at the MarketScale South by Southwest podcast is Dr. Dimitri Psaltis. Dr. Dimitri, thank you so much for uh, joining me here today. Nice to be here. All right, did I get the, I, I got your name pretty pretty very good. Very okay, good. thank you, thank you. I appreciate the uh, the uh, affirmation. There. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um, so you're a professor of astronomy and physics at the University of Arizona, and you're working on the Event Horizon Telescope. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, so uh, it sounds like a massive undertaking, right? And you can you can explain uh, this to me, but my understanding of it is that it is a network of of telescopes around uh, around the entire world that's trying to uh, be able to make black holes visible. Am I am I describing that somewhat correct? Correct to take a picture of a black okay, hole. Yeah. So this is indeed a massive undertaking. Yeah. It has it has been over a decade in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are more than twenty institutions, mm-hmm. more than two hundred fifty people in the collaboration, wow. and we have telescopes in every single continent, including Greenland in the north, the South Pole in the south, wow. Hawaii in the west, mm-hmm. and all the way to the French Alps in the east, and a lot of places in between. And what we try to do is we try to use every single telescope that exists, radio telescopes, these are not optical telescopes Mm -hmm. around the world, combine them together as if we had a single telescope the size of the the Earth and turn it towards the nearest two big black holes in the universe, one in the center of our own galaxy and the other in the center of a nearby galaxy called M87 for no particular reason. (laughs) And we want to take a picture with a resolution to see exactly what happens very close to the event horizon of a black hole. Interesting. So... um what are you hoping to learn from being able to photograph and view this um, from this perspective? So there are two things. One is uh, we think that those things are black holes because we don't have another idea of what they might be. Sure. Right? Black holes are just mathematical um, solutions to Einstein's theories. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of circumstantial evidence that says that you know different places in the universe, every, the center of every galaxy should have one. But what we want to do is we want to take actually a picture of the centers of those galaxies and see, do we see the, you know, the signature of a black hole? And what would be a signature of a black hole? This is, a black hole is something that does not even let light escape. So if I put a black hole in the middle of a lot of like, you know, hot gas, hot plasma, which is what happens in the centers of galaxies, the black hole will leave a silhouette, will leave a shadow. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to take, because, you know, a black hole in the middle of nowhere will be a you know, a hole in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so you cannot do that. So that's why we look in the centers of galaxies. So what we want to do is take a picture, a picture and look at that silhouette. We want to see a circular silhouette, a circular shadow in the middle of the galaxy. Okay. And then we will know for a fact that what was a mathematical construction is actually reality. 
So this would confirm Einstein's theory, but how would this change maybe our understanding of the galaxy that we... So, uh, first of all, we hope it will confirm Einstein's theory, right? right? right. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it doesn't have fingers to... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to confirm it in 100%. In the sense, we know that Einstein was not wrong. We know that when we apply his theory to things, you know, the GPS, for example, constellation of satellites, we need mm -hmm. to use that theory to make, to be able to use your phone to tell you where you are on Earth. But the question is, when I go to a very extreme place in the universe, mm -hmm. do the laws of physics remain the same way as they work here, or do I need to tweak them? Okay. Right. So we're looking for small tweaks that happens when we push to the limit of mm -hmm. knowledge. So this is one thing about the laws of physics. The second thing is that even though the black holes are really, really tiny, they affect galaxies, they affect the entire universe, because they... People mostly think they suck everything. Actually, they radiate a lot of things. Oh. When you try to throw a lot of matter onto the black hole, matter goes becomes so rapidly moving, almost the speed of light, that there's a lot of energy, a lot of uh, radiation, a lot of magnetic fields that mm -hmm. get ejected. And those ejections, we see like really strong jets that you know affect galaxies, affect the structure formation in the universe, affect the evolution of the universe itself. So not only will we learn something about the tiny, tiny part around the black hole, but we'll also see how it interacts with the rest of the universe. See, this is why it's better to learn about space from people like you than Star Trek, because that would, <laughs> they would have you believe that a black hole just sucks everything in, and you're explaining that it's different. But you know what is interesting? Mm -hmm. uh, Star Trek was, the original Star Trek was in the 60s, mm -hmm. and it is one of the very first uh, you know, pop culture places where the term black hole was used. Interesting. Only a few years after it was coined in astrophysics, until the late 50s, early 60s, is people did not think that black holes, they thought black holes were just mathematical constructions, no real objects. And it was by, you know, the work of a number of, you know, famous and important people in the 50s and 60s that we thought that these are real objects. And within half a decade, you know, it went to pop culture, which is yeah. going to say what happened today in Big Bang Theory, right? A lot of new things that happen, you hear them from Sheldon Cooper before you hear it from, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from anybody else. But that's where I get my news from. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the Event Horizon Telescope sounds like a large undertaking that involves a lot of people. How do you have such a coordinated effort across, you know, as you mentioned, the entire world, you know, of lots of different people from lots of different cultures, countries, backgrounds, languages spoken? How do you coordinate that effort? I, I think you picked the right uh, question to ask because, uh, you know, we usually say, you know, I don't mind the complex math of Einstein's theory. It's mm -hmm. people that are the <laughs> difficult part to coordinate. Sure, sure. And you're right. It is, um, it is cultures, you know, mm -hmm. the culture of science in this country and the culture of science in Europe versus Asia is very different. It is funding agencies. Uh, it's not a single place where the money came from. All of us went and asked our individual funding agencies for support. Mm -hmm. And we were extremely lucky and grateful from the fact that everybody said this is a great undertaking, even though they knew that the credit will be shared, they knew that everything will be shared. Right. And of course, we're all grateful to all of you guys that pay the tax, your taxes that, <laughs> that make that work. But yeah, um, I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah, you, no, it's you're, it's you're just welcome. the right time of the year, <laughs> exactly. There's something good about it. Yeah. But um, it, it has, you know, part of the reason, the first observations took place in April 2017. That's mm -hmm. two years uh, from now, yeah. since now. And part of the reason of uh, taking so long to actually uh, go through the analysis and reveal the result and reveal the picture is uh, part of the coordination. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that everybody is uh, convinced, everybody has had the opportunity to look at uh, you know, the data to make sure that everybody is comfortable with it and we move forward. So. Right, right. Um, when I think about what you're working towards and uh, having a better understanding of the universe that we live in and, and you know how everything exists uh, that does, I, I think that 
Um, there are probably questions that you know you'll never see the answer to, but how do you view the importance of your work knowing that you're helping take one step further into, I guess, answering some of these questions that have you know, puzzled people for as long as humanity has existed? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's a huge and loaded <laughs> question. I, I understand. It, it, it is, but, but it's the question yeah. that we have to struggle with all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of the time what we do in science is, as you said, taking like a tiny little step that is completely inconsequential. Um, and yet, once a generation, once every two generations, we are lucky enough to be, uh, you know, in front of something major. Like taking a picture of a black hole, mm -hmm. to me at least, is something that is not something that happens all the time, right? Right, right? Before this time, nobody has ever seen what it looks like. After this time, it will be done. Like the first time you saw a picture from the backside of the moon. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it happens once in a lifetime. So. I think these are the events that uh, make all of us excited to work on it because, you know, you spend 20, 30 years getting ready for it mm -hmm. and you're lucky to be, or for those of us that have been lucky, to be at the place to see it. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, you're going to be one of the first people that's going to ever get to lay eyes on that. So there's something, I mean, that has to be really exciting. The eureka moment, right? The, yeah, the excitement yeah. moment. Yes, I, uh, some of us have been lucky, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's more luck than anything else. You have to be the right person, the right time, the right mm -hmm. occasion. But, you know. We'll take it as is. Absolutely. Well, you're here at South by Southwest. Uh, what are you doing here at the, at the festival and uh, where can people find more about you? So tomorrow morning we have an um, uh, event uh, as part of the interactive program. Four uh, members of uh, the team, the project director from Harvard University, mm -hmm. myself, I'm the project scientist, uh, um, a professor at the University of Amsterdam who is involved with uh, global, uh, global efforts and a professor who is involved in the history of science to put everything in context. Wow. We'll all be in a panel discussion they will be in the beginning of small number of um, the four of us will give like Ted like you know seven eight minute presentations about what we do yeah and then it will be open for uh, the public to have uh, to give questions about that fantastic yeah. if people want to follow along with your work where can they do that do you have a website or there, are, media? there are websites yeah. eventhorizontelescope.org mm -hmm. where you can see a lot of that and from there you can uh, link on Facebook and Twitter and uh, you know everything whatever social media you follow fantastic when will I be able to look at a picture and see a black hole or is that uh, still I, a little I, ways I, up I, I, it's not it's not a long ways up okay. I cannot tell you when it is that's part <laughs> of the fun but yeah, it's yeah. going to be very soon well, uh, and it's going to be great. You're building suspense, which is yes. uh, which is great, and uh, and I like that. Well, okay, so we're gonna play a little game here. Um, so I, I appreciate you uh, you bearing with us here, sure. uh, Dr. Pasaltis. Um, so okay, I'm going to give you the name of a company, and you're gonna create a description of the company, what they do, based off of the name. Okay. Okay. Uh, startup companies are really big here at South by Southwest and uh, in Austin, so maybe some people need some help with their names. So okay. Uh, the first company name is Roadbotics. Roadbotics. Yeah. What would a company named Roadbotics do? Uh, clearly involves robotics. It involves sure. roads. So some company that makes robots that run really fast on the road. I, don't know. I like it. I like it. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. So in reality, it's an infrastructure technology company that uses AI to revolutionize how governments and engineering firms make data-driven pavement management decisions. That's okay. quite an. That I, was right I, on the tip like of your that. tongue. I, yes. <laughs> I like that. That's what I. That, no, yeah. that was my first guess, too. Um, okay, so the next company is called Steam Chain. Steam Chain. Steam Chain. You don't want me to tell you what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steam Chain, Steam, and Chain. I have no idea. Uh, uh, my goodness, something that 
ties up chains with steam. I'm a scientist, I can only think yeah. of, of machines. Right? Very, very analytical mind. Uh, this is a company that enables original equipment manufacturers to offer usage-based financing to their customers. I don't know how they ever came up with that name. Steam, though. like you build up steam. Like I guess. Energy. Sure, yeah. I okay, get that. Yeah. I can, I can I see like it. That, yeah. All right, let's do one more. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. New Age Meats. Meat says is M E E T S. M E A T S. New Age Meats. Yeah. Okay. Uh, synthetic, uh, I don't know, meat like food. Yeah, I mean, making healthy cell <laughs> sure. cultured meat. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really interesting one. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. But would, you eat, would you eat it? See, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. Just once, right? I would at least try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I would at least go. try it. If it didn't compare to like the my usual hamburger, then I would, you know, then, then I'm out. But I think I would try it. Would you try it? I would try it. Yeah. yeah. Anything for science. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Support the science community and also like if I can eat meat, which I I admittedly like to do without like having to kill something, then they can, yeah, okay, I'm 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 for it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can agree on that. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for playing along, Doctor. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I appreciate getting to learn more about it. And thank you for taking some time out and uh, and bearing with uh, my questions because I'm very clearly not an astrophysicist. Oh, no, no. Wonderful (laughs) to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir.